I have dealt with so many health problems and doctors I've seen just want to prescribe me more medication. Dr. Kylie aims to target the cause of your health issues instead of simply masking the symptoms. After less than just two months working with her, both me and my husband have seen huge improvements. I love that all the supplements are natural as well. JC, picture this. The next time your doctor gets your labs done and tells you they're normal, you can smile and say thank you. Then take them home and read those normal labs yourself. You won't have to depend upon anyone else again. I'm going to teach you exactly how I read them in a very simple way so that no medical training is required and even the greatest brain fog patient can overcome that and still understand. Where can you get this? The private podcast inside the Healing Beyond the Diagnosis membership. It's happening this fall. And if you want to transform your normal labs into answers, healing, and hope without depending upon anyone else, come join the tribe. You can join us at drkylieburton.com backslash healing dash beyond dash the dash diagnosis. I also want to invite you to join the six week free to heal program that's right for you. We begin October 4th. Learn more and register at drkylieburton.com. Let's celebrate your success next. Hey, practitioners, health coaches, docs, everybody who finds themselves in shoes like mine. The doors of opportunity are open again. Go check it out. We did some major upgrades and listen to your feedback inside the mastermind. Doors will open all of October and close November 1st at noon Mountain Standard Time. Come join us. BTDmastermind.com. Remember, as my friend Chip Gaines says, your purpose is just like mine. It's big and it's important. And there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Let's do this together. I'll see you on the inside. Remember, the doors of opportunity are open right now. What can change in your life, in your future, and in your patients' lives? Let's do this together. btdmastermind.com Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. I am honored today to have a registered nurse with us. Her name is LaCrista Odell. She started off in the Western medicine world, but because of her own health struggles, has now turned to holistic practices. She is a nutrition response testing practitioner and helps people soon to be online, correct? Yes, we are fully in-person transitioning to a hybrid practice, doing half online, half in-person. And then um, we actually just closed on a building. Where are you based at? Sulphur, Oklahoma. So today we're going to talk about this lovely conversation known as vaccines. And vaccines are, of course, a very hot topic, especially right yeah. now, May 25th, yeah. when we're recording this. Um, but LaCrista is a specialist in childhood vaccines and children's illnesses, basically, right? Yeah, I see quite a few, quite a few kids on a regular basis. It just kind of all started out because I was just trying to figure out how to get my kids as, as healthy as I could. Yeah. And you have four kids? Yes, I have four. 16, 14, four, and two. Whoa, you got your hands full. 
Um, so as you've been finding your journey, where did it begin? When I was pregnant with my four-year-old, so it's been about five years ago, I knew but even before that, my older kids were always sick. They had asthma, allergies. They were always doing nebulizer treatments. They were on six or eight medications a day. Oh, they that took- was me in high school too. I was always on the nebulizer. Well, not always. Like during the winter months, it was like nebulizer bronchitis, nebulizer bronchitis, yeah. asthma and track season. Yeah, they took eye drops, um, inhalers, nose spray, singular in the morning, Zyrtec at night. You know, my daughter always looked like she had been decked in both eyes. She had big black circles around her eyes all the time. And they took two allergy shots a week. And so I was having to give them two allergy shots on top of everything else. And they were just sick all the time. I didn't know any different. They were fully vaccinated up to that point. So when I got pregnant with my four-year-old, I had been diagnosed previously with um, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And they said possibly Lyme. Uh, they weren't really sure, you know, just an autoimmune of some what, sort. 30? Uh, 28, I think 27 or 28 when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Was so young. <laughs> and so um, they really weren't sure what it was. I was on Plaquenil, two different kinds of oral steroids. And then I still had to get a steroid injection about once a month. I just wasn't doing well. But when I got pregnant, I had to stop all my medication, of course, because you can't take all that. And I got really, really sick. And because I had worked in labor and delivery, um, I decided I wasn't going to have my kids in the hospital. <laughs> we were going to have them at home. And so um, the next two kids. Because you had worked in labor and delivery. <laughs> yeah. Once I, once you work there, you realize there's a lot of intervention that goes on that's not necessary. We just decided to have I don't know. I like my epidurals. <laughs> and that was like contractions. Hit. I'm a fan of that epidural. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had... Um, we had a midwife and she came to the house and she said, you know, uh, referred me to a place about two hours away to a nutrition response testing practitioner. And within two weeks, I was almost, I would say probably 75% better. And, um, over the course of my pregnancy, I felt better than I had felt in years. And so I was referring everybody that I knew up there and I was taking my kids up there but it was, it was like an all day trip, you know, it's two hours up there and then two hours back. And finally my practitioner was like, you know, maybe you need to look into doing this, you know, as an RN, you have the credentials to get this training. And so I did, and, um, we just prayed about it. And one day I was like, told my husband, I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job, (laughs) going to training for this. And we never looked back from there. And, but when my, I started taking my kids, they showed up for like mercury, formaldehyde, all kinds of stuff on the testing. And Um, which is just muscle testing, no blood work or anything like that. And they started them on supplements and within a year, it was probably shorter than that. But I know by the time my daughter had been born and she was a couple months old, they didn't have any issues. They weren't taking any medication. We did essential oils occasionally for allergies, but I mean, we didn't, the only time we used our nebulizer is if somebody started to get sick and we used it with colloidal silver, we didn't even use albuterol. It just totally changed my kid's health. And I was like, Okay, so what's in these vaccines that that we're having to detox from? So then I started looking into vaccine ingredients and trying to figure out what was causing the issue. And, you know, my grandma said kids weren't sick like like this when I was a kid. I read the book, uh, the vaccine book written by Dr. Sears. And my midwife gave it to me because it's a very neutral book. He goes over the pros and the cons and a full vaccine schedule, a delayed schedule 
you know, if you want to drop some vaccines, which ones to drop and basically says, you know, either give the shots, delay the shots or skip the shots, just be educated and do what's best for your family. And that's yeah. my standpoint. I believe yeah, that's, that's my standpoint too, is that I don't just don't make a fear-based decision. Exactly. And that's what the marketing comes from, from vaccines is it's completely fear-based. You look at an HPV vaccine commercial and it's these parents that are saying, well, I don't want my teenagers to get HPV. Yeah. It's purely based out of fear. But if you still want to get the vaccine and you've been educated on both sides about it, then do yeah. it. I have actually three teenagers I'm currently working with right now that came in that have one has a cardiac arrhythmia, one has POTS, and um, the other one has POTS type symptoms from that started after um, the HPV vaccine. And, um, they're all doing really well. One of them has um, no symptoms at all. The other two are doing much better, but their parents are like, we just didn't know. We didn't know that this might happen. They didn't tell us that they might be dizzy and pass out and be dehydrated for the rest of their life. Cause they can't keep their blood volume up. And, you know, they just don't give the parents the facts. And that's, where I get really frustrated is they're, they're just telling people they're safe when they have the CDC has not done any studies that prove that the vaccines are safe. All the vaccine studies that I've seen are also funded by the vaccine companies. Yeah. And there's no third party. There's no combination no. of them. Like when we take our kids in for the, you know, their six month shots or whatever, and they're giving them these quantities. It's not just like you're getting one at a time. Oh, yeah. You're getting 12, 15 different vaccines at once. Yeah. In the eighties, by the time kids were 18, they had had 11 vaccines. Now they get 54 in 72 doses. And so in the eighties, the chronic illness rate was about 12 or 13%. And now it's 54%. Over half of our kids have a chronic illness. I mean, I know that it's not only vaccines alone. I feel like that is the major factor. And um, I think the food supply is a whole nother conversation we can have on GMOs and glyphosates, but vaccines are playing the biggest role in this. Yeah, I follow see those numbers again. In the 80s, they did how many versus how many now? 11 vaccines. And now they get 54 in 72 doses because they have so many boosters now. So they're getting 54 different vaccines in 72 doses. I mean, that sounds like good business to me. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's the reason that they're even doing this because the 1986 vaccine injury compensation program was, um, came out because the vaccine companies basically blackmailed Ronald Reagan and said, we can't make any money because of all of the vaccine injury claims. Well, that alone should have been a red flag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like if you can't make money because people are suing you for injuries, uh, we might need to take a look at what you're doing. So they took on that responsibility with the vaccine injury compensation program. And now that liability falls on our government. But the problem is if you get your kid a shot and they start exhibiting symptoms that day or the next day and that you go in and get them tested and now they're autistic after the DTAP or the MMR or whatever, you have to go in to this court. There's no judge. There's no jury. There's no press. You can't reference any previous cases. And you have to prove scientifically how this vaccine caused autism or whatever injury your child has. Well, 
you can't prove it because the people who are supposed to be doing the studies refuse to do the studies. And so you can't win. And so that's the only way that they could continue to push these vaccines out. And so that's where my problem is, is um, Anthony Fauci actually said, we will never do this study, the vax versus unvax. We will never do it. And they even have the data. Like their reason is we're not going to do a placebo-based study, which is the gold standard, the double blind placebo-based study. You vaccinate some kids, you don't, you know, the other ones get saline or whatever. And then you compare the two over a time period because they say it's unethical because, you know, vaccines are so wonderful. They think everybody should have all of them and it would be unethical to skip them. But they have a database where they can pull tens of thousands of records of unvaccinated people and compare to vaccinated and get those numbers. And they refuse to do it because they know what they're going to find. And so, you know, that's where my frustration is because they have um, VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And the CDC actually had Harvard look into it. It cost a million dollars of taxpayer money for Harvard to review this. And they came back to the CDC and they said they're only capturing less than 1% of the adverse events. And when they said that to the CDC, the CDC never returned their calls. So the whole point of the program was if we're not capturing them, let's automate this. Let's upgrade this system so it's easier to track. Well, once they figured out how low the numbers were, they stopped responding to Harvard. They wouldn't return their calls, their emails, no communication at all. Because they realized that would sink their whole program. So that's really where my issue is, is the lack of information that they're giving parents. They're not telling them this. The doctors that are saying vaccines are safe are not telling the truth. And I don't think that they're intentionally lying to people. That's just what they're told. But the CDC has literally been taken to court saying that's why they had the big banner on their website that said vaccines do not cause autism. Well, that that banner had to come down because they were taken to court and they were asked for proof that vaccines did not cause autism. And they had nothing. And they had to take the banner down off the website. That's the thing. There, there are other people that have studies, but when the Center for Disease Control does not have anything that they can pull to the ones who are preaching it. Yeah. You know, my issue is just in the in the misinformation that they're giving to people and not letting this issue with it too is the quantities. Oh yeah. When we were young, you know, we only had 11, 15, maybe, and now it's 72 doses of that's unbelievable. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, and this is what I tell people, if you don't want to vaccinate when they're, you know, or you're not sure, just wait, because most of the ones that they vaccinate for when they're really young are not fatal illnesses. You're vaccinating, you're giving temporary immunity for non-fatal illnesses. So that's my issue too. Like what, why not just let the kids catch chicken pox? Like we had chicken pox. Exactly. You know? Like just let them catch chicken pox. So the one that they give you at birth too, what is that one? They give hep B. Hep B. Yeah. And if you, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but hep B is a sexually transmitted. blood. It's transmitted through blood. And so um, in all my research, what I have determined would be the only rational reason to give that at birth would be if someone in the family has it yeah. in the immediate household, you know, then maybe. But there's really no reason for a newborn to get a Hep B vaccine. Let's just in my opinion, this. let's just nail bombard the immune system. Yeah, the moment they're born, immediately. It's, it's um, it's unreal to me. Yeah. Um, but 
for many people listening to this, it might have not even crossed their minds that they were just told, you know, this is what you do when your baby's born. This is what you do at two weeks and two months and and six months. And I mean, I don't even know the schedule. A, a year old? I don't either. I don't either. People will say, well, I'm going in for, I was like, you know, they're due for shots when? I don't, I don't keep up with it because we just don't vaccinate. Like I said, we're not anti-vaxxers because I think that that is, um, I don't know. I think it's just a derogatory term that's used to, I, well, I, don't, like know, I don't like the term. You have to pick sides and it's not. Yeah. Like you, can, so, you can change how we're talking, like changing, change the CDC schedule. My, my issue is that within the first 18 months of a kid's life, they are growing the most they will ever grow. Within that time period, their nervous system is developing more in that time period than ever before. And yet we're filling their bodies full with all this stuff. Yeah. During their most important growth period. Yeah. And that's what I just try to tell people, like when you pull up to the doctor's office and you get that feeling in your stomach, like you need to listen to that. It's not like you don't get that feeling in your stomach. Like okay, we don't do antibiotics, but people that do antibiotics, if your kid's really sick and they're going to give your kid a shot with antibiotics that you know is going to make them well, you don't get nauseous and sick over that. So what's that feeling in your gut that's telling you Yeah, that something is wrong? Yeah. Something is wrong. You need to listen to that because I, and that's what my mom's like. I feel so bad. You know, a we vaccinated y'all not vaccinating was not a thing. And I said, we got like 11. Yeah. It wasn't a thing like 72. That's crazy. There's nowhere in nature at any time that kids are exposed to six, eight, nine viruses at a time. You don't get exposed and you're usually exposed through your mouth through your skin, through your nose. You're not, it's not injected. So that's another thing that I'm not understanding. If we're normally exposed through our airway, through our mouth, like why are we injecting it? If we're trying to mimic the body's natural immune response, because that doesn't make it, it doesn't sense mimic me. the body's <laughs> natural immune. Let's just say that it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It You're right. A lot of the natural immune response processes, and we can even go into you know our our last hell of a year with the last few months where the vaccine, the COVID vaccine has been put out. And I don't know all the details on it. I don't want to become an expert in it. I don't want anything to do with it. That being said, it bypasses, vaccines bypass the natural immune response. And and instead of talking about, you know, how are we going to vaccinate for this? And that, why don't we talk about the immune system? It yeah. should be a very strong system in our body. And like I did a podcast episode on the, on the superpowers of vitamin D. And if you're not taking vitamin D in the winter months, like just expect to get sick. And the thing with the COVID vaccine that scares me the most is that, um, you know, this is SARS two. SARS one was around and they tried to develop a vaccine and they failed. And the reason that it failed is they used ferrets in this study and they gave them this vaccine. And when they tested their antibodies, they were really high. And I don't remember the numbers, but for example, I think there were supposed to be like 2000 and they were 20,000 or something really crazy. And so they thought, you know, well, they do have antibodies. So it worked to some degree, but the problem was when they, when the ferrets came in contact with SARS one, they died, all the ferrets died. So these people that are getting the COVID vaccine and their antibodies are sky high. It makes, I'm sick to my stomach right now. What's going to happen to these people when they get COVID? 
there is a high potential that they're going to die from this because their antibodies are so high and their body, their immune system is going to overreact. And that is my fear. But people aren't doing the research. They're doing what their doctor says. When I just want to scream from the rooftops, your doctor didn't know anything about childhood vaccinations either. Well, not they only get what their doctor says, but they're doing what the media is saying. Right. And, and the media is pushing and pushing, pushing it to the point where it's like you feel ashamed with the social media posts by not going and getting it because of what those who are are saying about it. Yeah. Like it's it, like you have to go through and filter your entire feed because like I had a I had a friend what? post the other day that she was so proud of her boys who are, you know, 10 and 12 years old for choosing to follow science and get the vaccine. I'm like, follow science. There is no science. There's no science on this. This is purely a fear-based marketing scheme. Yeah. But for somehow they see that it's following science. I'm like, you can't create a vaccine in months. The ones that have been out for decades are still causing issues. Yeah, you know, and, and the don't HPV know what's cause until issues. ten years down the road when when women are going to have babies and they can't get pregnant. Yeah, and there's already so much, is, so many issues with infertility that have to do with the vaccines and diet. Diet is huge. Like I said, glyphosates are contributing to all these kids that are blowing out their knees in sports. Is spraying the fields with Roundup. Roundups on our food. It's getting into those joints and causing kids to blow out their knees and causing issues. And it's also causing issues with fertility. I've had several women that have came to me that didn't want to go, that couldn't afford to go through thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars of fertility treatments. Not to, not to mention the demands that get placed on the body, right? With those fifty thousand dollar low yeah. chance pregnancy treatments. I mean, you know, nothing drives me more crazy than when I pass a quote fertility clinic on the freeway. Like that's no fertility clinic. They're just trying to jack up. I mean, let's not even go to the rigorous processes that they demand to put a body through in hopes that it can get pregnant. And then not only hoping to get it pregnant, but that's only the first step. Yeah. How many actually get a healthy baby and a healthy mommy out of it? Yeah. And what people don't understand is you need to start about a year before you're ready and you need to work on balancing your blood sugar and you need to work on cleaning out your liver and cleaning up your diet so that you have a healthy egg and your spouse needs to do the same thing. You have to have healthy sperm and a healthy egg to be able to maintain that pregnancy and have a healthy baby. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things that doesn't get discussed. And maybe we should discuss on a podcast is just the work that you can do to prepare for fertility. Oh, it's huge. I mean, like I said, I have several women that I work with that um, didn't want to go through that. And I tell them like, you've got to, you've got to give this a year because even if your blood sugar is balanced and you start ovulating, like you've got to get your body ready. You can't jump into this. And it's, I'm, I'm in the same boat with, with some of my women that they come in. They, the only thing they want to do is get pregnant. I'm like, yeah, but would you rather be a healthy mom? Yeah. Just say that you're pregnant and have a baby and then go through postpartum depression and your health's a disaster because you didn't take care of it in the first place. Yeah. We could you're, do a whole episode on postpartum on. depression too. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so many things. Um, all right. So back to the vaccine thing. And what would you suggest 
We do. It's probably something very similar that I would suggest. What do you suggest when it comes to vaccinating? vaccinating? We don't vaccinate. We focus on making sure that our God-given immune system is working. So what I tell people when they're like, do you not get worried? And I said, worried about what? Like, I really have faith that God developed my immune system way better than what any scientist could develop. I truly believe that God God didn't miss anything. But here's the thing. If you put water in the gas tank of a car, it's not going to run properly. It's not going to run at all. So you can't put McDonald's in your body and expect your immune system to work. You have to work with what God gave you. You have to feed your body and it needs not, there's certain macros and micronutrients that you have to have or your immune system's not going to work. So it's the people in the McDonald's drive-thru line that aren't feeding their body that are fearful of getting this virus because their immune system isn't working. It takes work. Like the path that we are on and have put our families on is not the easy path. It's, it's hard and it takes time. But when you understand the real science about how your body works, it really is a no brainer for me and my family to make that choice. And I have teenagers and I'm not going to say that they don't, uh, you know, buy nachos at the concession stand and eat Doritos occasionally, you know, it's about teaching them what their body needs. I follow 80, 20. I try to get my kids to understand that like 80% of the time. Yeah. And just enjoy life. Like if we go on vacation, you know, we eat good food and we know, and people are like, well, what about chlorine and swimming pools? Well, we swim in swimming pools, but we also take things that keep our body flushed out and we don't bombard it unnecessarily, you know? So it's just about a lifestyle that you I have would to say, be aware of when it comes to like food and, and dietary choices breakfast for me in my experience is the most important meal of the day you're going to set yourself up to fail or you're going to set yourself up to succeed based off of what you ate before your day began and i don't begin my day until 10 because i am not a morning person so when i graduated school i was like screw that i am never waking up before 7 a.m ever again not that's not what my kids allow me to do, but I don't see, I don't start practice until 10 o'clock in the morning, but that gives me time to, you know, make breakfast where if I give my son rice cereal on rare occasion, he calls it his Spider-Man cereal because Spider-Man was on the box when we had, yeah, when we did um, like Rice Krispie treats, right? So on occasion he gets that, but there's a big difference in his mood swings and his activity level. Oh yeah. When I feed him the good breakfast with the bacon and the eggs, the sausage, and, and he's a white egg boy, he, does, he won't eat the yellow eggs. Yeah. I mean, we do that too. And that's what I tell people. Like, even if your kids want cereal, like you can get organic cereal that's not sprayed with but You can also, sell, like, don't just let them eat cereal. Cook some eggs, cook some sausage, yeah, some bacon, like give them some healthy yeah. fats, give them some healthy proteins. So that way their blood sugar doesn't just go first thing in the morning and then drop when they get to school. And then you wonder why they don't have or they're on a sticker chart at school. Yeah. Breakfast. And that's what people say Mama about, daddies. yeah, about ADD and ADHD. When I said before you even, before we even have a consult, you need to clean up their diet. You need to cut out the sugars and the dyes, the artificial sugars, you know, they can have yeah. fruit and things like that, but cut out the dyes, like read labels. Dyes are huge neurological triggers. And when you start watching those people are like, oh my gosh, you know? And okay. Like, start them on these supplements and clean up their diet. And I've had so many kids that 
had already had a prescription for medication that never had to start taking it and kids that came off their medication. But the thing is, it's not easy for the parents to do. It's easy to give a pill, but it changes the personality of your child and you're still doing damage on the inside. So the food for kids is, is huge in our house. Um, my husband and I have had it out multiple times over, you know, bringing donuts home and things like that. And my kids do get donuts occasionally, but you know, it's not something that they eat every morning for breakfast. I don't shelter them and not ever let them have anything, but they know that it's a treat when they get something. It's not their daily routine. Yeah. My house is called junkie food. food. My little four-year-old knows that we eat lots of healthy food and only a little bit of junkie food. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good that she knows. And when they get older, they, they can tell what food makes them feel good and what food doesn't make them feel good because they know when they get it. And you know, my nephew, if he gets a little bit of sugar, like he is a wild man for hours. Like he just doesn't do well with sugar and um, all kids respond differently, you know? So you just have to learn your kid and pay attention to what they're eating. And it does get a lot harder when they get into school and you don't know what they're eating at lunch. If they eat at the school, sometimes you have to start packing a lunch and doing things like that. So like I said, it's not just the vaccines. I think the foods are playing a huge role in how sick our kids are these days. Yeah. Setting them up to be successful is what every parent wants or yes. should want, I should say. Yeah. Okay. So as we're finishing up here, LaCresta, you said, you mentioned some things about NRT. I know what that is. Will you explain to us what NRT is? NRT is nutrition response testing. So, um, it is muscle testing. So basically how it works is, um, we use use their arm. You can do standing, sitting, lying down. And, um, we find what we ha- uh, call a lock in the muscle. So when you push on your, their arm, you have them match your pressure. So they get a strong lock in their arm. And then you assess their body by pressing on different areas of their body. Well, um, each organ has what they call a dermatome where the nerve endings come together. So if your organs are low on energy or, um, they have nutritional deficiencies or pathogens that are bothering them, when you press on that dermatome, you're going to get a weak muscle in your arm. And the reason why is because I explain it kind of like hypothermia. So if you get cold and you know, you get frostbite, the first thing that you're going to lose are your fingers and your toes, because your body naturally pulls energy to your internal organs to protect them. So if your organs are weak, then you're going to get that weak muscle in your arm. Your body's pulling energy to that organ to protect it. And so that's kind of how it works. Um, it really helps determine underlying causes of illness. When people come in and like, I have chronic allergies all the time, it may be your liver or, you know, I have heavy, painful periods again, probably your liver, but also might be your blood sugar. Or, you know, I have clients that have seizures that, um, you know, it helps you find what's the root cause. Let's not just give you a supplement in place of a prescription to deal with the symptoms Let's deal with what's causing it. And NRT really helps get to the bottom of that. Now, that's like the best way I've ever heard muscle testing explained, by the way, because it, <laughs> it's not, it takes the voodooism out of it. Yeah. And that's what I tell and people. There, like, there's an actual I, scientific reason. Yeah. The means. Yeah. Right. And um, I do get called the voodoo doctor sometimes. I tell people it's not voodoo and I'm not a doctor, but um, I have people that actually have me saved in their phones as voodoo doctor. <laughs> so. Um, but doesn't it doesn't really, matter. It works. Right. It works. And that's what they say. I don't care what to do. I don't care how it works. I feel better. And that's all that matters. But um, 
I am incorporating more lab work now. I do review labs with the NRT and the labs together. I just don't have people that don't get better. And I know you're in the same place. Like your people just get better. When you find the root cause of what's causing them to be sick, people get better. And as long as their mental spots in the right place. Yeah. The emotional piece is huge. And that's a lot of the reason why I want to go virtual for some of my clients that aren't close. There's a whole program of, you know, limiting beliefs and emotional. Some people just get to where they identify with, they are identified by their illness. Like I have Hashimoto's, I have Lyme's well, and you know, I can't do that because I have this and it, it becomes part of their identity and you have to walk people through what life looks like without that and see if they're okay with that. Because a lot of people are just so attached to that and that's where they kind of get stuck. Yeah. I always have to smile sometimes when you get the patient that's like, I'm so sick. And you know, they tell you at the church, or they tell you at the grocery store and it's like, that's cool, but you're not going to ever become my patient because you really don't want to get better. Yeah. And yeah. It's out there. So it is. Um, okay. NRT, then also with the muscle testing, their, their kits, correct? Yes. Um, I have, um, some kits that I use that are homeopathy kits. So it has different frequencies for different parasites, different bacteria, heavy metals, chemicals, you know, it's probably in their food allergies. The foods are huge. Um, and so if your body reacts with one of those, it means you have an issue with that. And then we can also, figure out which supplement you need to correct that. So homeopathy is a whole world of its own that gets pretty in depth, but basically it just works with, again, with the energy of your body to see, you know, if your body reacts with something, and like I said, that means that you have an issue with whatever's in that vial. And then that tells us like, okay, it's um, aluminum or it's gluten or whatever it is. Now, what do we need to do to fix it? Yeah. Well, I have those kits. I used to use it more often when I did a brick and mortar practice, but so that I got this um, sheet metal cut right underneath my eye, uh, like a month ago, my husband's a roofing contractor. There's just material all over our house. That's the way it is. And he had this sheet metal sticking out the back of his truck and I had gone out to get the mail. So I had the mail in my hands. I was looking down not looking where I was walking and walked right into it, just sliced my face like right open. And it was one of those where it was like, do I need stitches? Do I not need stitches? I don't think a butterfly is going to be able to hold it because of where it was at. It was literally like a half an inch underneath my right eye. Thank heavens it wasn't my eyeball. Oh, could have been way bad. Oh my gosh. Um, so I ended up going into the Instacare on a Sunday afternoon and the lovely Japanese doctor, we just sat there and talked about Japan. I've been to like, I guess it's been about 10 years ago now, but he was stitching me up and they wanted me to get the the tetanus shot because, you know, I'd been cut by sheet metal and you were saying how you have all good things about tetanus. So what, what would be your solution? In one of my trainings, I'm, I call myself a professional student because I'm always enrolled in something. Um, cause I just love, I mean, I hated high school, but I love nursing school. So like as long as it's something I love to learn about, I love to learn. So in one of my studies, I don't remember uh, which one it was, they did this study of, it was overseas. The reason they were doing it is because of a vaccine shortage. And they were showing the rate of um, people who actually developed tetanus with the tetanus vaccine. And then with high doses of vitamin C for, I believe it's two to three weeks, whatever the incubation period is after you get cut. 
And so they actually didn't use vitamin C. They used ascorbic acid, which is not the same. That's a, if you know me, you know, I've talked about the difference <laughs> vitamin C and ascorbic acid. So they actually used ascorbic acid in the study and there were actually like zero versus a very, it was a, still a low percentage with tetanus. But the thing is, if you get a tetanus shot after you've been exposed, it's too late because your body doesn't develop those antibodies fast enough. There is another option and I cannot remember offhand what it's called. Like I said, I kind of distance myself from a lot of that because I don't use it, but there is a shot you can get, but it's, it's not the booster. It's uh, like the actual antibodies that you can have injected, but the vitamin C worked better than that vaccine. So that's what we do. If my kids like step on a nail, which we live out in the country, which happens, my friend um, came to my house uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they were fishing and she had a fish hook through her forearm all the way through out the other side. And um, ah. so uh, we got it out and uh, she's like, do I need a tetanus shot? Or no, she said, I think I've had a booster. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to give you vitamin C anyways. <laughs> You, I'm not going to tell you to go get a tetanus shot. You know how, how I feel about vaccines. And she's like, even tetanus? I'm like, even tetanus? Like your body can take care of that, you know? And those are things I do for my family. And I always tell people like, just do your research. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to give your kid a tetanus shot because I'm not, I don't want that to be on me because I know how I feed my kids. I know the supplements I give my kids and I feel comfortable doing those things. But every parent has to make that decision for themselves you know, for themselves and for their family. But I just want people to know that there are options out there. Yeah. You're basically, I'm going to turn to my natural body's defense mechanism because God made that perfect. Yes. I'm not going to turn to a man-made. Yeah. If you're feeding it correctly. If, yeah. If you're taking care of the body you've been given, it will work. It will work and it can heal itself. Um, I read a really interesting thing yesterday that if you donate half your liver, it grows back to normal size within two weeks. I, you know, I'm not shocked about that at all. And it, they said it's a, it's the only organ that can fully regenerate itself. But I, and I read it and I just, I thought that's not true. And so I Googled it and like, they were like over and over again. That's what it said. I was like, that's incredible. Like the because of mitochondria and I inside every single cell, especially the liver and the heart. Yeah. They can do and their jobs if they're, that's why I love healthy. we were, we were just talking about cell core. I love their mito ATP for adrenal stuff. I've used GA a lot too. Um, but I love that mito because a lot of adrenal fatigue is mitochondrial fatigue. And that mito ATP is incredible for that. So that'd be a good combo. I'm a fan. Um, and I love our conversation today. Do you have any last words? In fact, where can they go to learn more? Yeah, I have a website. It's nativewellnessllc.com. Um, there's more information there on what I do. And I also have a whole page on vaccine information for people that basically it's divided into categories, questions to ask your doctor and um, vaccines and autism. And it's divided into categories so that you can easily find whatever you're wanting to look for. Links are all the time being taken down, as you know. So um, I just tell people if there is a link that's down, email me and let me know. And we will either try to find a replacement or we'll take it off the website. So it's not just a dead link hanging out there, but lots of vaccine information there as well. That's awesome. I will put that in the show notes so you guys can go find it. And um, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us your words of wisdom. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I hope you learned as much as I did from that discussion. Now, I'm in need of your help. I'm writing a book because of overwhelming requests. 
I'll be teaching you how to transform those normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. Whether you're a practitioner or you're trying to take charge of your own health, what questions do you have about blood work and labs? I'd love to answer those questions inside the book. To submit your questions for a chance to be answered within those pages, text 855-499-2555. Again, that's 855-499-2555. Then stay tuned. You just might have a special place inside the Q&A at the end of each chapter. Come join the membership. You not only get access to me on live calls, but you also get the answers to questions just like yours on my private podcast. This level of attention and help is only available inside my membership. So stop relying on late night Google searches and start getting the answers and relief you desire. I can't wait to welcome you in. I would also love to welcome you in to the six week free to heal program that's the right fit for you. We begin October 4th. Learn more about the program and the membership by going to drkylieburton.com. See you on the inside.